0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We're two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Tia Johnston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. Tia, I can't believe that we're actually going to be watching Ohio State football on our very own televisions next Saturday.
0: I know. I'm still at the point where it's like, I'm not going to believe it until I actually am sitting here watching it unfold on Saturday at noon because, oh my gosh, the the COVID outbreaks just keep coming. Especially this week, we had LSU and Florida get postponed. We had Vanderbilt, Missouri was postponed. Cincinnati, Tulsa was the most recent. Oklahoma and Baylor. Ole Miss is apparently having quote-unquote issues with coronavirus, whatever that means. And then the biggest news of the week was Nick Saban tested positive as well as the Alabama athletic director. So apparently he's been at home. It's so wild. Yeah. So we're still waiting to see if, like, he gave it to anyone, which I know he's been at home, but did they, you know, get it in time? Did they stop it in time? So... If that's postponed, that is that's huge. I mean, they're playing Georgia on Saturday, number two versus number three. So it sucks. Like I'm not delighting in this news. I don't want college football to go down with these all of these outbreaks. I want teams to do well, even if it is the SEC.
1: Yeah, I mean, you. It's always better when in the college football playoff you can beat the strongest opponent, right? But like you know, to your point, that seems so secondary now compared to the yeah. issues that we're seeing on the field. And, you know, it's so clear, like how some of these things are spreading, you know, in terms of Ole Miss's issues. Ole Miss played Alabama last week and Ole Miss is now having issues and Nick Saban has tested positive for COVID. So mm-hmm. it's very clear that this is highly contagious and that some of the precautions that have been put in place by the different conferences are not necessarily working. And then I don't know, Tia, if you happen to watch the Florida A and game last week, but there were thousands of people there. Like, yeah, the upper decks looked full. Yeah. And you know, every time they would like they would cut away or like come back to the game, you would see hundred like, all the kids in the student section like with their arms around one another, and I'm like. Like, no masks. It's like, what are you doing? I know. This is how, this is why it's an issue. And I wonder Um, if we will
0: see Texas A&M, if they're, I I haven't seen anything about them in the news, but I I feel like they should be at least being pretty cautious at practice and stuff.
1: I mean, you certainly hope so. But, you know, as disappointing as it is, certainly as an Ohio State fan to not be able to go to games this year, uh, it is helpful to know that, like, We're not going to be that embarrassing thing on national television where you have so, so many fans without masks like representing your university.
0: Yeah, it is embarrassing. And the South has been an embarrassment since the beginning of all this, and now it is starting to translate into their bread and butter, which is college football. And I'm hoping, like I know people are annoyed with the Big Ten's rules, but I'm just hoping that they keep the outbreaks at bay because they are strict, but as we're seeing in the SEC, it has to be it
1: has to be they have to be strict.
0: I mean, so just a quick review of what their rules are, they have the daily testing. I don't know what the other conferences' rules are, so I don't know if this is different. I think that just based on what I'm reading that they are different. They're stopping practices in games for seven days. If the team positivity rate is greater than 5%, and if the number of those at risk is greater than 7.5%, and that is very low. Like, that's not hard to pass. So, you know, I want to think that, like, our team is seeing these other teams and what's happening across the board, but Big Ten teams are also made up of college students. There's still 18-year-olds on this roster. (laughs) It's a it's a big ask when, like, sure, if you're Justin Fields or you're Sean Wade and you have, like, the NFL draft on the line, you, you could be a Heisman winner, you're going to stay at home. But if you're asking these 18-year-old walk-ons to do the same thing, and that's not – I'm not bashing them. I'm just saying you've been a college student. You know how it is. So I'm just hoping that – I mean, I went to the Air Force Academy. It was a little different. <laughs> okay,
1: fine. <laughs> But but I get it. And you're exactly right, Tia. Like it's you're all of a sudden away from home. And I don't wanna say that everyone else is doing it, but here in Chicago, the University of Chicago actually just had a huge outbreak that was tied to a single house party. And so, you know, it doesn't take a lot of activity by a lot of people. It's just a few actions by a few people that are causing these things to spread. Right.
0: And so what Ryan Day said just yesterday, he said he's they well. They, first of all, they've been holding all of their meetings outside, um, so I don't think they're spending much time indoors at all. That will obviously have to change once the weather
1: gets worse. But I don't know. I I read an article yesterday that in Northern Europe, they're just telling kids to bundle up because classes <laughs> are going to be outside for the foreseeable future, like in like elementary school. <laughs> I mean, I'm all Maybe. for that. <laughs>
0: But he's also advising his players, like to your point about how contagious it is and how quickly it spreads, he's telling them you need to treat this like everybody you come in contact with already has COVID 19, which is good advice for everybody in the world, in my opinion. But (laughs) grateful. Yeah. And he also I know. And he reiterates to the team that you can't get tired of doing this. Again, going back to these freshmen and the walk-ons, you're doing it for the greater good. You just you have to keep being careful. That's going to be the downfall is kids getting sick and tired
1: of this. I I agree. I think, you know, we've seen COVID fatigue, but at the same time, I would hope that if you are a student athlete who has the opportunity to play for a team like Ohio State, you know, so many rules and restrictions in place from school from the schools and from the NCAA that maybe this will just be seen as the new normal and as strict as the requirements are, maybe people will still be motivated to follow them. I don't know. Fingers crossed.
0: So, yeah, we we're just going to have to appreciate every single game. I don't care if it's 59 to zero at the start of the fourth quarter and players you don't know are in against Rutgers. Like, don't turn the channel keep watching it seriously might be the last snap you watch all season you never know it is unprecedented times and (laughs) you're just gonna have to watch the whole game okay so we're certainly hoping for the best especially that all players regardless of school or conference stay safe get well uh we've got more for you after the break so stay with us
1: So, before the break, we were discussing how COVID has been affecting college football, but no surprise, it's also been touching the professional league as well. Earlier this week, the NFL made changes that affected the schedules of nine NFL teams. And just this morning, which is Friday morning, the Indianapolis Colts announced several positive COVID tests.
0: I did not see that. Oh, my gosh.
1: And selfishly, the Colts played the Browns last week. So, I'm sitting here like, but... You know, it's been really interesting because thing- like things felt like they were going okay for the NFL for a while, and then obviously things started falling apart with the Titans. But why did the NFL not build in more bye weeks? I like don't that feels know. like a thing that they could have done.
0: Yeah, especially. Since bye weeks are quite literally saving them, they keep rescheduling these games in the team's bye weeks. You're gonna run out of those bye weeks eventually. So I don't know if they're just gonna like add on to the season because these, it, the, COVID outbreaks aren't slowing down. Yeah. In and fact, like, they're increasing.
1: <laughs> and to their credit, they do appear to be handling it very well. Um, they're not playing games with new positive tests. So the Titans and Bills played they played on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, after both teams were able to confirm that they had no new positive tests. But at the same time, this like the schedule back like back to that, it's just getting so wonky. For example, last night, the bill last night, Thursday night, the Bills were supposed to be playing. They couldn't play. Because of their game that was rescheduled to Tuesday night, two days before. Yeah. And we're having a game on Monday at like 4pm. It's it's getting wild. Yeah, I feel
0: for whoever has that job of putting together that puzzle. But I know one thing that I think they're going to maybe implement if this, if this continues. So basically, the only day that these players aren't tested are game days. So... Then they go into the facility on Monday to get their massages or whatever. And they're bringing that, you know, if they're positive, they're bringing it into the facility on Monday because they weren't tested on Sunday. So they don't have that day recorded, if that makes sense. So to fix that, they might just say you are not allowed to go to the facilities on Monday, um, but you do have to come in to get tested and then leave immediately. So then there's no passing of it. On Monday, I don't know if that will fix anything, but that's an option that they can do. In other NFL news, on Wednesday, the New York Jets released star running back Le'Veon Bell after just over a season on the roster. Bell was picked up by the Chiefs. Note that the release followed a year of tense contract negotiations with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which saw Bell not take the field for an entire season. So that begs the question... Are troublesome players worth the trouble?
1: So, I really love having an NFL topic that's not COVID related. This is thrilling to me. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, we definitely wanted to talk about this this week because Le'Veon Belt, like, he was so good in Pittsburgh. And then I remember at the start of his holdout in Pittsburgh, like, it very much made sense. Like, the life of an NFL running back is so short. Like, if you're going to hold out for more money, you probably should do that when you're a running back. But there's a point where there's diminishing returns, and ultimately he lost an entire season, and again of a very short life of an NFL running back, and you know wound up getting kind of a negative reputation. Ultimately went to the Jets, and so I don't know what exactly happened. I looked
0: it up. They don't pay their running backs as much as Bell
1: wanted to be paid,
0: and so there was just animosity between him and the coach. And it just led to them being like, you're not worth it.
1: It's interesting because, you know, even OBJ had a reputation like that for a long time on the Giants. He was perceived as, you know, kind of a drama queen. And even when he came to Cleveland, um, he had his moments. But now that he's starting to turn it on again, again, he had an amazing week last week. Uh, actually sorry two weeks ago against Dallas it feels like all's forgiven and so it almost feels like unfortunately there's this balance where if you play better and if you impact the team really positively your baggage is a little bit more accepted but when you're the Jets and you're you're not doing well as an entire team um there it's called into question a little bit more right and I haven't been following
0: Bell's career since he was released from the Steelers but back to the question of are troublesome players worth the trouble if he wasn't producing good numbers for them to the point where they're like we don't want to pay you you know we we saw the same thing with Zeke we saw it with Dak Prescott we saw it with Joey Boza and then once they were paid like OBJ they impacted their teams positively so yes they're worth the trouble if they're not like troublesome in that Everywhere they go, it's like a cancer, yeah. you know,
1: so. Bell doesn't seem to like fit this mold of a player who's causing issues in the locker room. It's it's not like Earl Thomas, who was released by the Ravens earlier this year, and then who hasn't been able to get picked up by any NFL team because of his attitude in the locker room. The Ravens definitely kept his locker room antics pretty quiet. They weren't super, super clear on why he was released, but like, You know, players certainly develop a reputation and ultimately that gets around to other teams in the league and other players and definitely hinders opportunities to get picked up by other teams in the future.
0: Exactly. And real quick, this is why I'm kind of worried about Michael Thomas, because we've seen like, just because you are a great player, if you are causing problems in their culture, they're going to get rid of you. And then teams are going to find out about how you were in the locker room and they're not going to pick you up. So if I'm Michael Thomas, I'm going to remember why I'm here, remember the talent that I have, and I'm going to just maybe not punch my teammates because they were guarding me in practice, you know? It's just That's probably a good rule, yeah. (laughs) It's not hard. (laughs) Maybe just just don't punch anyone. (laughs) So yeah, I think that about covers our agenda for today. It was kind of a brief show, but we promise we're going to make up for it next week and all of the following weeks because we're going to be talking about Ohio State football and the Big Ten in non-COVID related ways, which is just amazing. (laughs) So, but before we wrap up the show, Meredith, shall we do our shout outs? Yeah.
1: So on previous shows, we've been doing a lot of discussion around Adopt, Don't Shop. Um, So I just wanted to give a shout out to Ricardo Pimentel, who is the man who sheltered, are you ready, (laughs) more than 300 dogs, plus six bunnies, a flock of sheep and a hedgehog in his Mexico home during Hurricane Delta. All survive the storm and in the words of the homeowner, it doesn't matter if the house is dirty, it can be cleaned.
0: Okay, when I saw that this was your shout-out, I posted this to my Instagram like three <laughs> seconds before you typed it in. I read this I and I was like, oh, I my- your
1: I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: What a legend. I also love that quote. That is just like I the know. quote of dog owners. It doesn't matter if
1: the house is dirty, it can be cleaned. It oh. doesn't matter if there is dog hair on my sweater, there will always be dog hair on my sweater. Yeah, you just have it's to just own it. <laughs> Tia, did
0: you have any shout outs to speak? So I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, but my husband Cam, he is doing a promo for the PSPCA this season where... Every punt he downs inside the 20, he will cover the adoption fees for a dog. So I don't have the, I should have looked up the numbers, but I want to say five out of seven dogs have been adopted. And basically what we wanted to do with this is we wanted to sponsor a dog who has been having trouble getting out of the shelter. So dogs who have been in there for a really long time or might have like special needs, like they can't be around other dogs or they can't be around kids and so they're just not getting adopted um, so that's always really good to see and then the other two dogs who still have yet to find their homes are in foster homes so it's not like they're in the shelter which is also good so last week he didn't get any inside the 20 and I was really mad at him because we couldn't sponsor a dog and then this week they play Baltimore so so we they're gonna sh- we be should have to a, a lot, lot. So we'll make up for it this Sunday, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, shout out to, I guess, him and the PSPCA for letting us pay for dogs. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, that is all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia johnston underscore, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go bucks.